When you in, in, are in close proximity to someone, then you are in their presence and, and, and they in yours. And as we have been required during this COVID-19 pandemic to limit being in the presence of each other, I want to remind you that there is one whose presence that we must not limit ourselves from, and his name is Jesus. Our Heavenly Father, we get to Him through Jesus. we got to make sure that we're not limiting our presence of the Lord in our lives and with Him. There are a number of instances of the presence of the Lord across the thousands of years over which the Bible was written. It is the place where the presence of the Lord occurred that leaves a never forgotten impression. The place of the presence. When I think about identifying a place with the presence of the Lord, my mind goes back as a young boy of of age six years old when we were in church during a revival. And and, uh, the evangelist gave an altar call. And at the age of six, I just felt a tug on the inside of my, my, my heart. To say, I just need a Savior and His name is Jesus. I remember that place. I remember that place in time. And the presence of the Lord was strong and I sensed Him. I want to go through a number of scriptures. You may want to jot them down for later. I'm not going to to hover over them just a little bit. But I think I am going to switch microphones. Praise the Lord. There we go. I think that's a little better. Get a little static and feedback on the other one. Genesis 18 and 1 is where I want to start today. Genesis 18 and 1. It says, The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. And it tells the story of how the Lord had appeared to Abraham to tell him about his intention to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. But the next day, Genesis 19.27 goes on to tell us, early the next morning, Abraham got up and returned to the place where he had stood before the Lord. Abraham remembered the words that the Lord had told him that Sodom and Gomorrah would be destroyed, and he stood there and watched it happen just like the Lord told him that it would happen. So that is really the first point that I want to make. There's ten points, and and they'll be on the screen for quite a while if you want to jot them down. But the first point is this. The place of the presence is where the word of the Lord will reveal his plan. The place of of the presence is where the word of the Lord will reveal his plan. I know that Abraham never forgot that place where the word of the Lord was revealed to him. He never forgot the place of the presence of the Lord. We move on to Exodus chapter 34 verses 28 through 35. Exodus 34, 28 through 35. Moses was there. Where was he? He was on Mount Sinai. He had been told to go there by the Lord. He was with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights 
without eating bread or drinking water, and he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant of the law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw his face, or saw Moses, his face was radiant, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, so Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him, and he spoke to them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near him and gave them all the commands the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, they saw that his face was radiant. Then Moses would put the veil back over his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. Just as Moses had this intimate encounter on the mountain with the Lord, the same will happen for us. The place, which is point number two, the place of the presence is where we speak to the Lord and he speaks to us. The place of the presence Point number two is where we speak to the Lord and he speaks to us. It's a powerful thing. Many people think I can just pray and I can talk to the Lord and he hears me. And yes, he does. If you're a child of God, he absolutely hears you. But many people fail to realize that he wants to talk to us. He wants to communicate with us. When he communicates with us, it is a powerful thing. Others will know that we have been in his presence. Because we will radiate with the presence of the Lord. Our next scripture is 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 21. You remember this story, the story of Hannah who was barren and the Lord answered her prayer. It's a fascinating and wonderful story. And the Lord was gracious to Hannah. She gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Samuel was a miracle baby. He was given back to the Lord and taught by the men of God just as he grew up in the presence of the Lord. When we make sure our children have a godly influence in their lives. Point number three, the place of the presence is where that godly influence is. The place of the presence is where that place of godly influence is. I want to I want to pause for just a moment and I want to speak to you parents and grandparents that it is a powerful thing for you to make sure your children have a godly influence. Make sure that your children have a godly influence in their lives. You need to be a godly example for them. They need godly influences around them. That's why it does matter who their friends are. It does matter who their acquaintances are. And they learn by your leading by example. 
When you walk in the example of following the Lord, they see that example and it makes a godly impression upon them. But if you leave it up to chance, the enemy will take those chances and those missed opportunities and he will put his agenda into your children and your grandchildren's lives. So it is important for you to set the example of godly influence over your children and over your grandchildren. I know it may be more convenient to do some things that you want to do. But our responsibility is not to ourselves. Our responsibility is to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have responsibility for our children. I feel very strongly about this right now. And I preach this. I remember preaching this a number of years ago. And I have no apologies for saying it. My parents... You are responsible for the souls of your children when you stand before God. You are responsible while they are under your care and while they are under your influence in your home. You are their authority and you're responsible for their souls. What you did to point them to Christ will absolutely matter. Now when they become adults, they are no longer your responsibility. But the influence that you have in their lives needs to transcend beyond just the basics of life and the basics of business. It needs to transcend to the basics of a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'll move on. Our next passage of Scripture, 1 Kings chapter 8, verse number 1. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse number 1. You see, Solomon had been charged with building a temple because his father David wanted to do so, but he wasn't allowed to by the Lord. But up until the temple was built, the Ark of the Covenant, worship of the Lord, sacrifices that were brought there were brought uh, into a, a, a structure that wasn't a permanent structure. And this was when the Ark was brought to the temple that Solomon built, 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 1. Then King Solomon summoned into his presence at Jerusalem the elders of Israel, all the heads of the tribes and the chiefs of the Israelite families to bring up the Ark of the Lord's Covenant from Zion, the city of David. Verse number 3. When all the elders of Israel had arrived, the priests took up the Ark and they brought up the Ark of the Lord in the tent of meeting and all the sacred furnishings in it. The priests and Levites carried them up and King Solomon and the entire assembly of Israel that had gathered about him were before the ark, sacrificing so many sheep and cattle that they could not be recorded or counted. When the priest withdrew from the holy place, the cloud filled the temple of the Lord, and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled his temple. Down to verse 28, this is Solomon's, this is part of Solomon's prayer of dedication. It's a fairly lengthy prayer, so I'm only going to read verse 28. This is during Solomon's prayer, and he says this, Yet give attention to your servant's prayer and his plea for mercy. Lord my God, hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is praying in your presence this day. You see, King Solomon had built a temple for the Ark of the Covenant which was a symbol of the presence of the Lord. After the ark was put into place, when they had already completed hours of sacrifices, they had to stop. 
The place of the presence of the Lord was not contained where the ark was, but filled the whole temple with the glory, which the word glory means splendor and magnificence of the Lord. The king acknowledged that he was praying in the place of the presence, which leads us to point number four. The place of the presence is where we offer to the Lord the sacrifice of ourselves with praise and honor. The place of the presence is where we offer to the Lord the sacrifice of ourselves to Him with praise and honor. Then He fills us and He surrounds us with His glory, His splendor, and His magnificence. Next verse, chapter 9 of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 9, verse number 1. Now the first covenant, which was what we just read about, the first covenant was the temple and the worship there and the offering of animal sacrifices. The first covenant had regulations for worship and also an earthly sanctuary. A tabernacle was set up. Was set up. In its first room, there was a lampstand and a table with its consecrated bread. It, this was called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a room called the most holy place, which had the golden altar of incense and the gold-covered ark in the, of the covenant. This ark contained the gold jar of manna, Aaron's staff that had budded, and the stone tablets of the covenant. Above the ark were the cherubims of the glory overshadowing the atonement cover, but we cannot discuss these things in detail now. When everything had been arranged like this, the priest entered regularly into the outer room to carry on their ministry. But only the high priest entered the inner room, and that only once a year, and never without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit was showing us that by showing us showing by this that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still functioning. This is an illustration for the present time, indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshiper. They are only a matter of food and drink and various ceremonial washings, external regulations applying until the time of the new order. This was the old covenant that represented the place of the presence that we already talked about in that story. But there is a new covenant that is alluded to here, and we're going to talk about that. Verse 11 goes on to say, But when Christ came as high priest... Of the good things that were now already here, he went to the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, that is to say, that is not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. Verse 24, for Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself now to appear for us, get this church, in God's presence. In God's presence. The place of the presence is within us. When we've asked Jesus to be our Lord and Savior because He entered heaven and He, he appeared for us in God's presence, which leads us to point number five, the place of the presence is in our relationship. 
with Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Point number five, the place of the presence is in our relationship with Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He is our high priest. We're halfway to number 10. I feel like America's countdown, you know, we're counting down. But no, no, they're not in, in order, but they're just all very good. Acts chapter 2, verse number 1, talking about when the Holy Spirit came. They had gone to the upper room. They were waiting. Acts chapter 2, verse number 1, says this. Maybe I missed that scripture. Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. That's okay. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. When suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Point number six, the place of the presence is where the believers come together in agreement and wait on Him. There is power in the place of the presence. When the believers of Jesus Christ come together in agreement, in one mind, in one focus, there is a power there, and that place is a place of the presence of the Lord. That was point number six. Acts chapter 10, verse number 33. Acts 10, verse 33. We're leaving those points on there so you can see the previous ones when we get to the next one. So hopefully that will help you out. Acts chapter 10, verse 33 says this. This is, this is Cornelius talking. He said, so I sent for you. He's talking to Peter. Immediately, God had told Cornelius to send for Peter. And he said, and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here where? In the presence of God. We are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Down to verse 44. When Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Just like we talked about at the day of Pentecost, where they were there, they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. There they were outside of the Jewish uh, people, and they were doing the same in the Gentile world or the non-Jewish people. Cornelius' house was only significant because of the believers that were there. I want to pause for just a moment uh, because many times people identify the church as a place, as a building. Can I tell you that this building is not the church, it is just a place. It is just a place where we gather and we congregate, but the the, the church is actually us. We are the body of Christ. We're the believers. We are the place of the presence of the Lord because we are the church. The church is not a place. 
And although we may not be gathering physically together, we are gathering at this time and this opportunity that we have and we're coming together in agreement by the technology that we have so that we can make a difference for the kingdom of God, so that we can be encouraged, so that we can receive from the Lord. And that's what they were doing at Cornelius' house. The place of the presence is where we are willing to listen and receive from God. The believers that were there, the reason it was significant is because it was the place, the gathering of people. They were there. They were willing to listen and receive from God, which is point number seven. The place of the presence is where we are willing to listen and receive from God. Second Corinthians chapter four. And verse number Six says this for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side. You ever felt hard-pressed? Maybe now. But not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. You may be sensing all of those feelings right now. But remember this. Verse 10 says, We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be also revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. Point number eight. The place of the presence is in the treasure in our hearts. His name is Jesus. The light in our hearts. The place of the presence is in the treasure in our hearts. His name is Jesus. We have a treasure in these jars of clay. John chapter 8, verse number 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Point number nine. The place of the presence of is the light of Christ. The place of the presence is the light of Christ. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16. Jesus says this, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl, but instead they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Point number 10. The place of the presence is within us because we are the light of Christ. The place of the presence is within us because we are 
the light of Christ. I'm going to go back through all these points one by one. Point number one. Is the place of the presence is where the word of the Lord will reveal his plan. Point number two, the place of the presence is where we speak to the Lord and he speaks to us. Number three, the place of the presence is where that place of godly influence is. Number four, the place of the presence is where we offer the Lord the sacrifice of ourselves to him with praise and honor. Number five, the place of the presence is in our relationship, Jesus Christ, the son of God. The place of the presence, number six, is where the believers come together in agreement and wait on him. Number seven, the place of the presence is where we are willing to listen and receive from God. Number eight, the place of the presence is where the treasure is in the treasure in our hearts. And his name is Jesus, the light in our hearts. Number nine, the place of the presence is the light of Christ. And number 10, the place of the presence is within us because we are the light of Christ. Church, the place of the presence matters. In just a moment, I'm going to pray with you. And we're going to talk to the Lord. But I believe that you are here for such a time as this. You see, the enemy of your soul is doing everything he can to try to cause you not to be in the presence of the Lord. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to make sure that you are so distraught and you're so focused on the trouble that's around that there's nothing you can do. You're hopeless. You're helpless. And nothing seems to be going right. May I remind you today that you're not helpless. You're not hopeless. And while everything may seem a certain way, it's not. The place of the presence of the Lord is really where we need to be. When we focus on Him, when we look to Him, then that place that we make you have to make a place. I know this is kind of a, an interesting analogy, but especially in light of our current situation, but if you've ever gone to uh, an event where you um, where you've gone to an event where um, you have to find a seat and you see a spot and it's like right between, a couple of people and you're thinking I can get in there and you just have to sure I can fit there and you say I'll just make a place right there and, and you know that you can fit there's no need to do that now because there's plenty of seats that nobody can sit in right now 
But in many ways, the situation we face, or we're so packed and we're so busy with distractions, with technology, with, and I thank God for technology. That's how we're able to do what we're doing today. But technology is a distraction. Uh, People can be a distraction. Situations can be a distraction. Daily responsibilities can be a distraction. But the place of the presence occurs when we make a place. We have to make a place. Just like I know there's there's a place where I can sit right there. There's got to be a place in my day where I can say, I'm going to allow the presence of the Lord to be right there. I'm going to remind myself that I am a child of God. I have hope. And I don't have to be in despair. That I am the light. I am the light of the world because He's the light of the world inside me. The place of the presence of the Lord happens when we make a place, make a time, make an opportunity for Him to do that as children of God. If maybe you've not had the opportunity to do that lately, I want to encourage you to do that. And I'm going to pray in just a moment. And then we'll pray for any needs that we may have. But maybe, maybe you don't know Jesus. May I tell you that the most important decision that you will ever make in your life is to follow Jesus Christ and to make Him Lord of your life. You may think, well, I've done too many things that are bad that just the Lord can't, the Lord would never forgive me. Hey, He forgives all. He forgives all. There's nothing that you have done that would keep you from being accepted by Jesus. Maybe you're rejected by everybody else. The place of the presence is the job, the treasure that he brings to your life. And he wants the treasure of himself to be in your life so that you can have that radiance. You can have that glow inside in your, in your spirit and know that you are secure in your relationship with the Lord. And that all the other things won't matter nearly as much when you focus on him. So we're going to pray for that right now. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that we have to give you place in our lives. And I ask God that as we believe in our hearts that you are Lord and Savior over our lives, that there's nothing else that matters. Lord, I just turn my life over to you. I ask you to come inside of my heart and my life to wash away all the sin and all the stuff that doesn't belong there. And I just ask for your forgiveness because I want to put you first. I thank you for it and I praise you for it. I thank you, Lord, that, Lord, even as a child of God, that if I've allowed these other things to weigh me down, that, Lord, you would just cause me to remember my focus must be upon you, upon the light of the world so that I can be an influence for you for my family and for those that are close to me I thank you and I praise you for it in Jesus name Amen